Welcome to another inspiring message recorded at Thrive Church, a church passionate about moving people towards Jesus. Morning, 10 o'clock. Boka, he's just going to sit on my pulpit. Just encourage me to remind me that miracles do exist. <laughs> what a game, hey? Did you, did you all watch it? It was just fabulous. And for 80 minutes, the rand was stronger than the pound. Isn't that amazing? <laughs> and we had rain on Friday night. Jeez, we need to give God some thanks. Come on, give Him some praise for that. We needed it. We really did. Well, good morning, you beautiful people. It's Vision Offering Sunday, and it is very much Mission Possible, as you've seen from the theme for today. And for The Box, it was Mission Possible, and for Thrive, it's Mission Possible. I just feel like it's all aligning, and it's gonna be a great day for us today. It really is. We've had a brilliant, brilliant eight o'clock service. Hey, speaking about Mission Possible, I had my own personal, very real, up-close-and-personal experience of my own Mission Possible uh, walking on water experience this last week. Have a look at this and I'll see you on the other side of that. Thanks guys. Hi church, well we're located on an airfield somewhere on the back end of Delmas. I don't actually know where we are, but it's vision offering and it's mission possible. You know, I was supposed to skydive for my 30th birthday. Pastor Candice gave me the money for my birthday to do it and everything. But the thing is, I never did. I think I pretended to myself that I was just too busy to get it together. The truth was, I was actually too scared to get it together. I couldn't get my head around the fact that I was going to dive out of a plane. It ended up mission impossible at the time because I'm not a fan of heights. But today, I reverse that. Today is mission possible. You know, the great thing about great missions is that they always start with a mindset, a mentality of mission possible. It starts up here. If I can get my head around the mission, then I can get my heart into the mission. So for the past few weeks, since we've been planning this crazy thing, I've been working on my own mission possible mentality. Philippians 4 verse 13, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Because if I can get my head around the mission, I can get my heart in the mission. Everybody, for every great mission, there comes a time when it requires a leap of faith. Great leaps of faith mean that we've got to push through the fear because the opposite of faith is not doubt, it's fear. And listen, that fear is pretty real for me right now because I'm about to take a giant leap of faith. I'd like to thank my mom for giving birth to me, my wife Candace for loving me. It literally feels one of the, like one of those moments. Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. Oh man, let's go. See you on the flip side. And we'll show you next week what happened. <laughs> you know, mission possible mentality, you know, church, it starts inside of us, hey? If we can get our head in the game, if we can get our heart in the game, that's what it's, hap what happens inside of us is way more important than what happens around us. 
A mission possible mentality starts inside of us before it starts outside of us. You know, there was a time in Israel's history when they found themselves in the most challenging season of their life as a nation. What had happened is King Nebuchadnezzar from Babylon had marched, Babylon was pretty much a rock of today. He had marched hundreds of miles southwest to the nation of Israel, come to Jerusalem, sacked Jerusalem, burnt it to the ground, and took the, the Israeli people, especially the leading citizens of Israel, took them captive and transported them all the way back to Babylon, hundreds of miles to the northeast. It was into this season of captivity and this season of difficulty that the prophet Jeremiah stands up and he speaks words of life and encouragement into the nation. And I believe God speaks words of life and encouragement into not only us as a nation, but into us as a church living in our nation at this time. And he speaks these words in Jeremiah 29. And no, I'm not going to verse 11. I know all of us love Jeremiah 29, 11. Jeremiah 29, verses four to nine, just before that famous verse. This is what the Lord of heaven's armies, the God of Israel says to all the captives he has exiled to Babylon from Jerusalem. Build homes and plan to stay. Plant gardens and eat the food they produce. Marry and have children. Then find spouses for them so that you may have many grandchildren. Multiply. Do not dwindle away and work for the peace and prosperity of the city where I sent you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it, for its welfare will determine your welfare. This is what the Lord of heaven's armies, the God of Israel says. Do not let your prophets and fortune tellers who are with you in the land of Babylon trick you. Do not listen to their dreams because they're telling you lies in my name. I have not sent them, says the Lord. This morning, church, I wanna encourage us for a few minutes with five principles on how to live with a mission possible mentality in our lives, in our country, in our nation, in our church, in Boxburg, in Benoni, in Brackpan, in Germiston in the 21st century. How is it that our nation, where we find ourselves at the moment, with all of the pros and all of the cons, with all of the beauty of our land and all of the challenges of our land, how is it that us as Christ followers of Thrive Church we can live with a mission possible mentality in this season of our lives. Firstly, I want you to notice that a mission possible mentality is a mentality of increase, not decrease. If we can get our heads in the game, we can get our hearts in the mission. Verses five and six, have a look at the text, it'll be on the screen. Notice Jeremiah's words this morning. He says, build homes and plan to stay. Plant gardens, eat the food they produce. Marry, have children, find spouses for them so that you may have many grandchildren. Multiply, do not dwindle away. I want you to notice the wording there. Building, planting, marrying, multiplying, increase. All words and instructions for a mentality of increase. Jeremiah says to the people, guys, I want you to get your heads right. Because when your head gets right, your heart gets right. It's never God's plan for his people to decrease or live smaller. It's never God's plan for his church to decrease or live smaller. In difficult times, it can be challenging for us. It can be tempting for us, hey, to adopt a mentality of decrease, to get what I call ostrich syndrome, put the head in the sand, you know? A tortoise syndrome, head goes back into the shell, just wait it out. And Israel, we're in that season. They thought, oh, we're gonna be in captivity for 70 years. Let's 
just maintain. Let's just hope we get through the season quickly. And it's into that that Jeremiah speaks and on behalf of God and says, I don't want you to go into maintenance mode. I don't want you to go into decrease mode. I want you to continue with the mentality of increase. So build, settle, plant, multiply, marry, have kids. The way we do that, I wanna give us three words this morning, which I hope will help you. Think, feel, act. There's a progression. What we think determines how we feel, determines how we act out. If I think, that's a very small tin can of a plane. If I think <laughs> I've got a fear of heights, if I think there's no ways I can hop out of an airplane at 11,000 feet, if I think it, the fear that I feel will be paralyzing, the end result will be that I'll never do it. Are you with me? But if I, if I think the economy is tough, and I feel that it's not possible to be generous this vision offering Sunday, then I won't be. Because my thinking will determine how I feel and whether you like it or not, whether I like it or not, I act out what I feel. Are you with me? But if I think faith, if I think bold, and what Jeremiah is saying is if you think increase, then you'll think solutions then you'll think silver lining, then you'll think glass half full, and you'll feel inspired, you'll feel challenged, you'll feel motivated, you'll feel encouraged, and you'll act out on it. Can somebody in 10 o'clock give me an amen? If you think bigger, you end up bigger. The mission starts in the mind. If we can get our minds in the game, our hearts follow suit. If we can get our minds around the mission, our hearts will be in the missions because our thinking determines our feelings, determines our actions. I love what Rick Warren said. You are not what you think you are, but rather what you think you are. You're not what you think you are, but rather what you think you are. The importance of a comma in the right place. Um, secondly, a mission possible mentality has a positive attitude. Notice Jeremiah's words in verse seven of the text. He says, work for the peace and prosperity of the city where I sent you into exile. Now Israel goes to Babylon, church. They go to Babylon and I think they had, they had a shocking attitude about this, as you would imagine. They think to themselves, we're in a foreign land, we've got to adopt foreign culture and they had a, a very poor attitude about it. And God was saying to them, my plan for you is that you would be here for this season and this time. And so while you are here, God is saying to them, desire the best for the place in which you find yourself. Desire the best for your home because it, if it prospers, you will prosper. The same is true not only for our physical home or our physical land, the same is true for our spiritual home. That the place we call home thrive, we should have desire the best for it. That even if somebody irritated you last week, that should never cause you to miss church the next week and go, ah, I don't wanna see that person. <laughs> Keep your attitude great for your home, for your spiritual home. Not only your spiritual home, but your physical home. Because if it prospers, Jeremiah says, you will. Goes your home, goes your life. 
There was an interesting book called Iconoclast written by a guy called Dr. Gregory Burns. He said the brain is hardwired to conform. They did a study. They took the church, they divided it in half. They said, group A, here's a whole bunch of questions. Please answer them to the best of your ability. So the guys answered the questions. They took the results, they saw them, and they pretty much did very well. Then they said to the guys, hey guys, in this group, do you know that actually we divided you into two groups and there was a second group that also took the test, but they answered the questions very differently. Their answers were very different. Do you know that despite this group answering 86% of the questions correctly, despite that, over a third of this group decided to change their answers simply because they heard that group had answered differently. What does this teach us? It teaches us that the group think impulse is very strong. It teaches us that peer pressure is a real thing. We are willing to change what we think just because we heard somebody else thought it. Do you know that negativity is contagious? You can start to think negative even when you don't feel negative simply because you heard somebody else is negative. So you go onto Twitter and you see everybody else is negative. Oh, so I'm gonna be negative. Are you with me? Can I get some amens in this very Catholic? Uh... Are you still with me? And Jeremiah goes, hey, hey, listen, just because the rest of your nation's moaning, don't you become a moaner. Keep a positive attitude about the place in which you find yourself. Thirdly, a mission possible mentality listens to the right voices. Verses eight and nine of the text, come with me to it. He says, don't let your prophets and fortune tellers who are with you in the land of Babylon trick you. Don't listen to their dreams because they're telling you lies and in my name, I have not sent them. Here's the thing, church. God had a plan for Israel at that time. The plan was that they would be in captivity for 70 years. The fortune tellers, the prophets, the false prophets were standing up and going to the people of Israel and go, hey guys, I know God had said 70 years, but I, I got an updated word. It's like my GPS downloaded a, an updated thing. It's not gonna be 70, it's just gonna, it's gonna be like 20, okay? So chill out, relax, um, don't stress about it. And God was saying, no, 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 no. They, they, they're not from me. Here's the thing. God had a plan for the nation of Israel. It was a restorative and a redemptive plan. And it involved some serious discomfort for them. But in the midst of the discomfort, there were voices that were talking to the people about how to be comfortable. Don't worry, it's only gonna be 20 years. Do you know that God has a plan for his church? And any church that's truly on mission involves every single partner and member of that church being stretched into places of discomfort for seasons. Vision Offering Sunday is a season where we get stretched into discomfort, where every single member and partner here gets stretched to give in a way that's uncomfortable, that feels like it's massive discomfort. And there'll always be a voice in your head and my head encouraging us to take the more comfortable road. No, no, God didn't really say give that much. He, he, it's, it's, I guess, can I assure you this morning that the voice that encourages you into comfort is not God's voice. Because yes. God always desired his people to move forward, to stretch them, to move them into seasons of discomfort so he can do something in them. And I believe God wants to do something in us as a church and through us as a church, but there's, there's no progress unless there's discomfort. And can anybody in this church say amen right now? Verse uh, number four, mission possible mentality is anchored in prayer. 
I love verse seven. He says, pray to the Lord for it, for its welfare will determine your welfare. Pray to the Lord for it, for its welfare will determine your welfare. If it does well, so will you. If it prospers, so will you. Here's the thing that I want you to grab a hold of this morning. There is a link between our prayers and the health of the soil upon which we stand. There is a direct link between our prayers and the health of the soil, the home in which we find ourselves. The state of the church in which you call home, Thrive Church, is linked directly to your prayers and my prayers for this place. Do you pray for your church? Do you pray for its leadership? Do you pray for the place you call home? Because as goes the church, as goes your home, so goes you. If it does well, so will you. Number five, a mission possible mentality is investment focused. In the midst of Israel being in this, in this hectic, hectic season of exile, the prophet stands up. It was a challenging time. And he goes, I mean, the message would have been so countercultural. The message would have been so difficult for them to have grasped. He goes like this, build, settle, plant, marry, have kids. I want you to notice, church, they are all words of investment. In essence, God tells them, invest yourself, commit yourself. Now, even in this challenging season, Israel, now, even in this uh, fairly tough economy, Thrive Church, invest. So, I don't think that, I think there have been, seldom have there been times in our nation's history that our country has needed strong churches like it does now. I don't know if there's ever been a time in our nation's history where the, the local church should be so strong and as life-giving and as, as, as forward-thinking and forward-moving as what it is now. I think now is the season for the local church to stand up like never before. I think now is the season for us to stand up and be counted. I think now is the season where our country needs it. Our country needs civic organizations. We need our NGOs. We need our, our churches. We need our schools. We need our charities. We need every single business person to stand up and go, let's decide to make a difference in the soil in which we find ourselves. I was thinking about our little bookies, eh? 18 months ago, yes, they were in the doldrums but they got leadership. They asked Rusty to come out of being the director of rugby, come on, be the coach. 18 months later, yes, England, smashed yesterday. Every scrum going backwards. They stood up and got counted. They were stronger than ever before. I think it's time for our churches all around our country, just like our rugby team, I think it's time for the leadership of our churches. And whether you like it or not, you're a worship leader in your row this morning. Whether you like it or not, the way you give this morning is, is leading. The way you worship, the way you praise God in, in your row is leading. You're a leader in this place, in this moment right now. You lead the atmosphere of the environment around you. In challenging times, can I encourage you in your personal life, 
Invest into your business now. Now is a great time to invest. Invest into your marriage. Invest into your kids. Invest into your friendships. Invest into your families. Invest into your, to your boss. Invest into the department in which you find yourself. Invest now. Now is it, you know when things are low, everybody wants to get into the stock market when it's up and to the right. When it's at 57,000, everybody's piling in. But I wanna to say to you, the best time to invest is when the market's on its way down. I wanna to say to you that sometimes when things seem tough, that's not the time to withdraw. That's not the time to be an ostrich. That's not the time to be a a tortoise and pull your head in, that's the time to stick your neck out and say, come on, now's the time to invest because I'm gonna invest when there's maximum opportunity. How many of you know that when people are discouraged, there's maximum opportunity for the church. There's maximum opportunity for Jesus. That's the time you can speak to a colleague. That's the time you can invite your, a, a friend of yours to forge on Friday night. That's the time. The time to invest is when people are feeling down, not when everything's rocking and rolling. A mission possible mentality so, so, so important, has an investment focus to it. As a church, we're gonna be investing significantly over the next year, and I do mean significantly. I love the quote, it says, make no small plans because they do not move the hearts of man. We're gonna be building a beautiful new section onto our existing buildings. The building that we're gonna be building will start, and I'll show it to you in just a few moments, but it will start at our existing office reception area down that side of the building, and it will be a second story building that will be um, located and follow the footprint of the buildings that go all the, way, all the way around the courtyard that we see at the moment. So they'll start at the office blocks, be a sec it'll be a second story building, and it'll go all the way around the courtyard following the footprint of the courtyard. It'll give us 450 square meters of space. The reason for that is we're gonna free up all of the existing office space that's on the ground floor at the moment. That, those will become kids zone classes because kids zone needs extra space. So importantly, we've had a burden for so many years that's gonna allow us by freeing up that office space for kids zone classes, it's gonna allow us to open a special needs class for kids with special needs. We believe there's so many parents, so many people who've never come to church because they're just not sure how would they do it with their kids who have special needs. So firstly, it's gonna enable us to have more kids own classes. Secondly, it's gonna enable us, our growing staff, to actually have space to work in. So that, that level, that second level, much of it is gonna be office space. Thirdly, it's gonna, included in that space, we're gonna be building some beautiful spaces for us to have um, counseling and prayer time and ministry time for people in the congregation. You know, when people during the week come to the church, we want them to be able to come into a life-giving space, a beautiful space, a quiet space, a serene space, a place that's custom designed for conversation. We don't want them to come into a busy office space where there's noise around. We want beautiful spaces to be available for that. So here's our artist's rendition of what this is gonna look like and I'll walk you through it as we do it. Thanks, guys. That's the aerial view of the proposed second story. That's the existing reception, which becomes a, a multi-level story. A beautiful glass facade, just to make sure it's nice and modern and fresh into the reception area. They'll be greeted by a friendly face. Uh, this is now the second level. This is office space. Kind of give you a feel for the open plan office space that we're thinking of. Beautiful, hey? Nice and fresh and funky, and then uh, some quiet spaces, meeting spaces, that's like a boardroom, and that's into like a beautiful counseling space, there'll be some couches, quiet space, um, everything visible, open, glass, lots of see-through space, so people will be able to, uh, 
encouraging transparency. Then this is into the kids zone down below where we're gonna free up the offices. They're gonna become beautiful kids zone classes now which will enable us to have a special needs class. And the courtyard, we've got a vision to kind of make it a very funky happening play place. Some astroturf and a beautiful play thing down in the middle just to create that whole bottom level as a beautiful kids zone. And we think that that'll finish it really beautifully. Can you picture it? Yeah. And he said that that'll give us a full 450 square meters of extra space. Apart from this, we're gonna be investing a tithe, 10% of our offering, it's gonna be going to Live Village Lanseria. Live Villages are all over the show. They started in KwaZulu-Natal. They've mo moved one and planted one up in Lanseria a good number of years ago now. Live Villages are villages of hope, where orphans are placed into families who then live in these villages, moms and dads if possible, otherwise foster moms. The moms and dads raise these kids, but it's not only a place for them to live in safety, it's a place for them to begin to farm and to be self-sustaining in terms of food supply. There are, there are schools that are around that, there are clinics that are around that, there are hospitals that are around that. There's all sorts of life that springs up around these homes. And so what ends up happening is the inhabitants of live villages don't only just live in a home now with a family, an orphan hasn't simply got placed. An orphan has been put in a village because you know it takes a village to raise a child. And the villages are villages of hope. They provide uh, financial resources, food resources, medical resources, and educational resources to these kids. And we we went out to go and have a look at it a couple of months ago and we feel like that would be an amazing investment to put 10% of the offering into that because we do have an enormous burden in our country with orphans. There are so many orphans in our nation. I saw a, an amazing picture the other day in the Rospigliosi Palace. I was researching this at it's a picture of an artist called Guido Reni, his most famous fresco called the Aurora. There's a picture of it. This picture is so incredible. It, 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 it is really like the pinnacle of art in that part of the 16th century. It's housed in the Rospigliosi Palace in Rome in Italy. The problem is when people came to see the picture, the picture grabbed and caught their attention so meaningfully uh, and it was located on the ceiling. So what would happen is people would come in and then they would look up and they, would just, they wouldn't be able to stop looking. They'd just keep looking. And <laughs> so they used to have sore necks and people used to faint and they'd find themselves lying on the floor and, until the owners of the Rospigliosi Palace got clever. You know what they did? They decided to put a massive, big, broad mirror on the ground level, on the floor, so as people walked into the palace, they would look in the mirror and what would they see? They would see a reflection of the painting up front and so they could admire it by looking down. I think the church, I think Thrive Church needs to be the reflection of the beauty of what's above. I think Thrive Church should reflect Jesus that when people come into our church, they don't have to go, oh, where's God? They go, oh, he's in you. Oh, I see Jesus in you. I see the reflection of Christ in this place. When they, when they come and they watch our worship, they go, oh, there's God. People far from God come into this place, they, they see a beautiful office block and they see a kid's spaces. They go, oh, Jesus loves kids. They hear that we're giving a massive offering to the village. They go, oh, Jesus cares for orphans. 
They walk into this place and they see counseling and care centers and they go, oh, people care about mental health here and burdens and anxiety and depression and things that really matter to people. Jesus loves them. I think the church should reflect the beauty and the majesty of the one above. And that's what Vision Offering 2019 is all about. Hey, guys, guys, what a privilege for us to be a part of a church that's never static, but always growing. And you know, this privilege brings with it church, it brings with it opportunity, and it brings with it great responsibility. There is a responsibility on all of us to continue the growth, the development, and the expansion at Thrive. This year we are expecting a fantastic response from every partner and member, every person in the room today. In order for us to keep growing, in order for us to keep taking ground, in order for us to keep reaching people we've never reached before, in order for us to reach parents of special needs kids, in order for us to reach more children, in order for us to reach and equip and meaningfully have conversation with people in beautiful spaces like never before. There's a responsibility on each one of us, each one of us to create the thrive of the future for our kids and our grandkids. I am already thinking about my grandkids. I'm thinking about how much I'm gonna spoil them. Yes, yeah, I'm gonna spoil my grandkids. And I'm thinking that I wanna create the thrive for them. I wanna create the thrive for them. You know what, hey, David, King David, he wanted to build a temple for God. And God said to him, David, sorry, you're not gonna build it. You're not gonna be the guy to build the temple for me because you've got too much blood from war on your hands. So David didn't go into a hole and crawl up into a fetal position and cry his eyes out. He simply said to God, okay, that's all right. I can't build it with my hands, so I'll build it with my finance. And David financed a massive portion from his personal treasury of the, of the, the temple. And then he challenged his leaders and he challenged the people of Israel and he said, hey, here's what I'm giving. How about you guys? Giving is a blessing, not a burden. David understood that. Building is a blessing, not a burden. This past Tuesday, uh, some of our leadership team got together and as a result of that, we always say as a leadership, I'm always accountable to our leaders. I tell them exactly how much Pastor Candice and I are giving as, as, a, as the lead uh, pastor couple here. And I, and I ask our leaders, to, to do that and as a result of our time this last week, 43 families contacted me in the week and said, hey, count us in. And do you wanna know what 43 of, just 43 of our families, this is just 43 of our families. Can you imagine what God can do with the rest of us? Just 43 families have already decided to give 642,000 rand. Isn't that amazing? Give them a round of applause. Come on, give your leaders a big round of applause. That is awesome, that is awesome. Are you keen to see how the skydiving turned out? Okay, don't laugh at me. Here we go. What a rush. Oh my word. Terminal velocity, 220 k's an hour through the sky. I cannot tell you how petrified I was up in the plane, but that step of faith, it felt out of control. The feeling of plummeting to the earth, completely out of control. But that's the great thing about great missions. They never feel safe, do they? You know, missions, church, aren't accomplished by safe living. Missions are accomplished through great leaps of faith. And they, de- they are accomplished when we decide they're possible and when we are willing to take leaps of faith. 
and that can feel a bit crazy, out of control, like I did on that plane back there. But you know what? Then the shoot opens, then the feeling hits, the shoot has got me. What joy, what bliss. And that's the same joy we experience in life when we trust God with our finance, with our money. When we decide on a mission possible mentality, when we take a leap of faith, it always feels a little bit out of control. But then we experience the reality that God has got us. He's always faithful and he's always got us. Philippians 4.19 reminds us, Paul says, I'm convinced that my God will fully satisfy every need that you have. For I have seen the abundant riches of glory revealed to me through the anointed one, Jesus Christ. That's the experience of everyone who decides on a mission possible mindset. It is mission possible. Come on church, let's make it happen. That face thing is proof I've not had a facelift. <laughs> I didn't know skin could do that. I didn't know so much air could go through my nose. Did you see that? <laughs> a mission possible mentality. It starts up here. If we can get our mind around the mission, we can get our hearts in the mission, hey? A mission possible mentality is a mentality of increase, church. It has a positive attitude. It listens to the right voices. It's anchored in prayer and it's investment focused. How should we give this vision offering? How should we give? Well, the Apostle Paul tells us how we should give. Second Corinthians 8. He says, here's my judgment about what's best for you in this matter. Last year, like last year, like 2018, guys, you were the first not only to give, but also to have the desire to do so. Now finish the work so that your eager willingness to do it may be matched by your completion of it according to your means. 1 Corinthians 16, you should each put aside a portion of the money you have earned. It's biblical. It's biblical to give offerings like this. 2 Corinthians 8, they're being tested by many troubles and they're very poor, but they're also filled with abundant joy. There's a joy that happens in giving, hey, which has overflowed in rich generosity. For I can testify that they gave not only what they could afford, but far more. We should always be people who give far more than we can afford. And they did it of their own free will. Jesus' own words, Luke 6, 6, Luke 6 38, describes how we should give. He says, give and you will receive. Your gift will return to you in full. Pressed down, shaken together to make room for more, running over and poured into your lap. The amount you give will determine the amount you get back. And Philippians 4.19, which I was thinking as I was hurtling through the air at terminal velocity, the same God who takes care of me will supply the need of your parachute from his glorious riches. <laughs> this morning, may God speak to you and fill your heart with generosity and faith so that together we can do something amazing for God together. I really felt as I was praying this week to, to ask you as a church uh, to give extravagantly generously, to give beyond what you think you can, to give more than you can afford. And I felt like God would ask us to give whatever you are planning on giving. Can I ask you to stretch over and above that? And I thought to myself, if every person in our church stretches and gives just a thousand rand more than what they thought they could or what you were planning, even if what God had challenged you with before was felt really out of control. Can I ask you to stretch and, 
do your best to get to a thousand rand and we're able to pledge. I'll take you through the pledging in a moment or two's time. Because picture a thousand people giving a thousand rand extra who are already at a million rand over and above what our, our, our offering would have been. I believe we can get this building done largely for cash. I believe we can make a serious dent into it. I believe that with the faith of every single person in this place, we can stretch like we've never stretched before and God can do something incredible in us and through us. Can you say amen? Uh, on your chairs, you'll see the little vision, uh, Mission Possible brochure. The last page of it is a tear-off page and that's the place where you'll be able to tell us how it is you'd like to give today, you'll notice it's got a tear off. So the idea is that you would tear that off and put it in the offering bag as it comes around in just a moment. You, there's space for your personal details. And then the ways that we give church is we, you could give cash enclosed. Uh, you could give via card facilities at the resource center and at the info desk. We make that available to you. There's SnapScan. The QR code is actually on the little tear off slip itself. And, and then uh, if you want to pledge, Much, many of our church, most of our leaders, uh, people want to pledge, they pledge, and they pledge to fulfill their pledge by the end of May, 2020. And uh, what you do there is there's space for you to put thick pledge and then pledge details. So you could tell us, hey, I'm gonna be pledging 3,000 Rand a month over the next, say, six months. Uh, and, and it's there that I felt to just encourage us. If we could each one of us stretch to give even a thousand more than what we were planning to do, I believe we can really make a serious dent in this building and get it done really, really quickly. And so you can put your pledge details there. The bank details are also there as well. Please, can I ask you, as you pledge, as you give details of your pledge, or if you make an EFT transfer, either in the week coming or in fulfillment of your offering, as you fulfill your pledge, can I ask you please, if you've told us how you're gonna be pledging and now you're fulfilling that pledge, would you be kind enough just to put the details on the EFT reference? So say you're pledging 3,000 rand a month and whatever it, it is, you, you put that on the pledge. When you make the pledge, and you've told us that's what you're gonna be doing and you've put your name to it, would you be kind enough to identify yourself when you make the pledge so we can administer that money well? Like Pastor Steve said, we don't have the gift of, um, uh, we don't have a crystal ball, we don't have the gift of knowledge to know this EFT, which is unmarked, came from so-and-so. So we don't know to allocate it to your pledge. So that would help us a lot. Is everybody good? Even those who have ADD, are you good? Come, let's take some time to pray. And as we pray, this is a moment for you to prepare the slip. Uh, Pastor Ken and I prepared ours this morning before the services. And uh, giving is a blessing, not a burden. And we, we leave this up to God as to how we're gonna make it happen. Come, let's pray. As we do so, you can do all the admin you need to do. Father, thank you so much for your goodness. Thank you for your grace. Thank you that, Lord, you always move us out of comfort in our discipleship journey. Because our money ultimately is the ultimate test as to whether we trust you. We can say we trust you, we can sing that we trust you, but ultimately it's what we do with our money that proves whether we trust you or not. And I pray for each one of us, myself included, Father, would you give us the faith that we need? Would you impart to us the spiritual gift of faith? Would you help us to take a risk and take a step of faith, to jump out of a plane, knowing that you've always got us, knowing that you're good. And as we sacrifice, as we give beyond what we feel comfortable with this morning, would you have your hand of blessing upon us? I pray for every person in this place. Thank you 
that you are a rewarder of the generous. Lord, we don't give to get, that's not how we approach this, but we do thank you that you're always faithful, that you always see us through, that you're always kind to us, that you're always gracious to us, and that as we sow and invest, Lord, you never leave us hanging. Lord, the shoot always opens. It's always mission possible when you're involved. So would you give us the faith we need this morning in Jesus' name. And everybody in 10 o'clock said, Amen, Amen. Well, we're gonna receive. We hope you have been blessed and helped by this message. For more information about our church, visit our website at www.thrivechurch.co.za.